This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. A few months ago, I told the American people I did not trade arms for hostages. My heart and my best intentions still tell me that's true, but the facts and the evidence tell me it is not. You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. Hello, welcome to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I'm here with Chris Neesman. Hi. And Paul Montgomery. Hello. We are 
75% of the iFanboy Animation Brain Trust because Dr. Ryan Haupt is not available. He's close called off the surgery and won't the, be joining. The, the, really brain, the really brainy part of the Brain Trust is gone, apparently. Yeah. So this is just the Animation Trust this week. Okay. Uh, well, we'll be talking about Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2, the latest in the DC original animated films. The, uh, the first two-parter, correct? I'm not crazy? The first yes. And uh, so I don't know how this discussion is going to go because a lot of the same stuff happened before, but we'll we'll talk about what happened. Uh, if you don't know, um, if you haven't, if you haven't read the book or watched the movie, there could be spoilers, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you you know what, too bad. If you haven't read the book or seen this movie, then it's too bad for you. Um, so Alfred last... strokes out on the lawn. Oh, let's we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, last time. Uh, Paul is our resident iFanboy film critic, and he did the reviews for both films. And uh, interestingly enough, you, Paul, you gave this film a, a pretty stellar – the first part, a pretty stellar review. This this film, a little less of a stellar review. And if I recall last time, Chris did not like the first part. And I think and that might I be part really of it. We like this one. We are we are diametrically opposed. Interesting. I, I, this, this, this thrills me. Because I was I was thinking about it, and I think I think Neesman's hate last time. I think it got into me like termites, and it's just been eating away at me over the months. And I was like, did I really like it that much? And like, and um, it just it got to me. And then you know, watching this, I think, I think you know, one of your not, you, not to say you gave it a bad review. No, I gave it a three point five. I just it didn't feel like a four to me. It didn't feel like a four. Um, and I do talk about things that I like in the text of the review. I think there's some really great things happening in this movie. Um, I think it's as it's 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 as close as you're ever going to get to, uh, you know, a really faithful adaptation of this source material. But it sort of goes back to what Chris was saying last time that there's so many things that you see them on the screen and you go back, in, you know, in, in your mind, in your mind's eye, you have that picture of what the page looked like. And you're like it's just it's not there, and it's sort of it's it's kind of an uncanny valley thing. Like, you know, you're seeing stuff that's as faithful as could be from this particular team at this particular time but um you just it's you it's just, just you just miss it. yeah you just can't what, replicate what, it yeah what 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 he was doing with page design in this book and just the really more than anything that at the time that this came out how absolutely unique it looked compared to anything else that was that was out there uh, it, it's just, it's really hard to replicate that. And, you know, I'm kind of the, the opposite of you, Paul, you know, I, I, I finished up with, uh, uh, with the last one and which I said, it was fine. I mean, it was, it, it just pales in comparison so much, but you really enjoyed it. So I went back and, and I, and I read dark Knight again and, and I watched it again and I was just like, you know, I, I need to maybe throttle off the the criticism a little bit and 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 appreciate the movie for for what it was. And it was it was it was it was fine. <laughs> and this one, I think that they, I don't know if they got it a little bit more because I have a feeling that it was probably a lot of this was done at the same time. But I think this second half of the story was maybe a little bit easier to translate. This to, is the meatier part of the yeah. story. I mean, there's a lot yeah. more action. And if anyone yeah. doesn't know, this this part two basically kicks off. The part one ended with the wake up of the Joker in the hospital. Part two basically kicks off with the Joker uh, in the hospital. Then you get all that that goes forward. So basically the second half of the story. And this, you know, you've got to fight the Joker and you've got to fight Superman. It's much more meaty. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, what I noticed this time around, and I think, 
I can't tell what I think. I think, Paul, in your review, you mentioned it felt way more episodic. Yes. I think, and I, I think I agree with that. It felt much more like here are the different parts of the story. It didn't really flow so much as, all right, now here's the Joker, and now here's the Sons of Batman, and now here's Superman, and now we're done. Yeah, there was, there was more of a, like, there's, there's a flow to, like, every, like, there, there were a lot of parallel things going on with the first part. And then in the second part, it feels like three episodes in kind of an anthology. You have the, the Joker, you know, his spree and his, um, and the final encounter with Batman and the Joker in the tunnel of love. And then you have nuclear winter and then you have the showdown with Superman. And it, it feels very much like three episodes. Yeah. And not, and which, which I mean, the, the book kind of does that too, right? So, um, it's... so it's not necessarily bad. It's just I felt I felt it more this time around, right? Um, I also felt like there was more padding this time, simply because maybe there wasn't enough for two full length movies. Maybe there there was enough for one and a half. Not that it was bad, but like you know, the whole fire brigade scene was basically a page in the book, and we got a whole part with with uh, the people rallying up to put the fires out in Gotham, which wasn't again a bad thing. It just yeah. I felt more of that kind of thing this time it's, around. It's, and... it's that part. That's that's where that point <laughs> five is coming from. That's that's why this isn't yeah. four. Is the the fire brigade and and Gordon well, trying to rally everybody? And it was just I was I did kinda, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> you know what? You know why they do that is because it's such a dark dark book. Yeah, you got to have some glimmer of hope in this for I guess the the I, you don't have to, but I can see why they sure you know it's. it's it's like this this world is is not completely irredeemable there are some good people left in it because the book is it's so really, dark it's there's, really dark there's no there's no one in the book except for maybe gordon that is is, is even a likable character everyone uh, Carrie is, Kelly Carrie, is likable. sure well yeah well Carrie, but you know but even yeah even she has her you know has her issues but um yeah, I, I think that was the the glimmer of light uh, that they that they wanted to put into it, and you know, and maybe a little bit of padding. So, did you guys I, notice I, that in that in, in the scene? All right, so Gordon's going to go get the groceries, and then that's when the nuclear winter happens, and he gets caught outside in the fire. But when he's getting ready to go out, did you notice the family portrait in their apartment? No, it was the it was Gordon's family from Batman Year One. It was, oh. it was like the same character designs. It was his his wife with the short haircut. Interesting. And, and, and the son. Oh, nice, nice. that's a nice little Easter egg. And I was like, oh, they're kind of really putting it on the nose there that this is mm. you know, the bookend to year one. Um, but uh, that was a nice neat, oh, little, sure. little thing. But I, you know, there was some really great parts to this. And I don't, I don't give this a bad review at all. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought yeah. the Joker sequence was great. I thought, Paul, you were, I think you were correct that the, the massacre at the fair is really chilling. I don't know if it's because of all the things been going on in the real world lately, but when he just sort of walks through the tunnel of love indiscriminately shooting everyone, it's pre- it's pre- presented very starkly. Yeah, you know, he just sort of very casually walks. So through. casual, so matter of fact, and the, it it's, was it's not it's not a lot of blood. It's just he shoots, they fall over, yeah. and it's just he's he's just knocking them down, and it's just it's the the, the sheer number and the ease with which he does it. And there, there were some comments, you know, in the there's sake, a long shot too, where he's just walking, and they don't really cut, right? Just yeah, walking yeah. to the distance, shooting people, and it was very sort of very. And very and tough. you know, and and um, you know, they talk about in the extra features about how they really play up this. It's the it's the tunnel of love. It's it's not just a dark tunnel, and there's all these like you know 
bright pink hearts and stuff. And I think the, the dissonance there does something to it too, to make it even more kind of creepy. And, um, there, you know, I, I mentioned in the review, I think it's, it's one of the creepiest, one of the most chilling things that DC animation has done. And, and we got some comments on the review saying, well, what about, you know, the, the, you know, the murder of Jason Todd, the, all the, all the torture that goes on there, it's, it's a crowbar. And, and like, I think that's, that's really played up those those scenes. It's it's not super fresh in my mind the way they represented them, but um, just in theory, I mean that's yeah. It's, it's it, it was it was the coldness of this scene that yeah. made it so creepy. Yeah, yep. and yeah, just absolutely. the fact and and Michael Emerson's performance. Um, he's just it's it's Michael Emerson. I mean he's he's uh, he's got this sort of like sweet like seductive quality, and um, that makes it even scarier and and off-putting and unnerving and um and that really play, that really plays to the fact that you know that you, they, they talk about how the you know the joker and batman story is it's it's uh in joker's mind it's a love story and um i, I think this is the, the clearest representation of that <laughs> um other other in than the, what that, snyder's that, doing that, in that, the batman ongoing that it comes to its end in the tunnel of love yeah yep. yeah and I, um, I think i think that whole sequence from the, the confrontation to the fight to the House of Mirrors to the Tunnel of Love fight. I thought it was a brutal fight. It was, I got really caught up in it. I, I mean, I think there was a lot of, this was a pretty bloody movie. You know, yeah, Batman throws, oh, yeah. throws the batarangs into his, into his shoulders and eyes and there's blood everywhere. And he's, he's was, walking around with a batarang sticking out of his head the whole time. And um, it's just, he's not like screaming like crazy like you would think a person would be when they have a, a, a batarang lodged in their skull you know um but that makes it even more it, it's it's more absurd that yeah. he do, it doesn't it doesn't phase him whatsoever um and it, it's yeah there's you say it's bloody but if you actually go back and look at it i mean there is blood but for there's blood spatter for what they for what I, they're I doing though for for what what he's doing and the the amount of bodies he's piling up it's not like graphic it's just brutal and the fight isn't like a martial arts battle you know it's like it's two you know two guys getting up there in age that's what's been that was so great about the shit story out of in each general. other it was just yeah. sort of these two guys slugging it out it wasn't like uh you know highly when, choreographed or anything and this probably goes back you know obviously everything is going to be compared to the book but you know going back to that scene and that was the the pen ultimate issue was the the fight with uh the fight with the joker and the death of joker but when he kills joker well joker kills it, himself joker snaps his own neck. that that that, com- that came up in the comments too uh, i think he he, cro- yeah. he the joker does the final he takes it the final stretch i have no doubt batman would have killed him yeah yeah he had passed that point in his mind but the joker does it for him. He, he snaps his own neck, which as a kid, I didn't understand. It took me until much later as an adult reading it to understand that. There's a really on. interesting way of putting it. Actually, he does it for him, not to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause you can easily yeah. see it as he's, he's framing Batman. Like he's, he's doing that. Now, now the cops are going to get him, but doing it for him, it's like, he's doing him a favor and, and not asking him to cross that line, even though he's, he's crossed a bit of a line. Like, I mean, it's it's sort of. I mean, when you get when you get into the anatomy of it, he would he have been just paralyzed. I think he was already paralyzed. It seemed like that's what I mean. Like like when when I mean, Batman does you know crack his neck, but yeah, I think he I think he he broke his neck, and then I guess Joker Joker finishes it off. But yeah, I think kind of the the larger point is 
is that whenever the Joker dies, you know that 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 the fourth act, I guess, for lack of better, it should be the third act. But uh, but but the end of the story that Batman is not going to survive this, and you know, we get to the point, and that's kind of the you know one of the reasons I love the end of the story is that that Batman dies, yeah. and and we get to see. Bruce Wayne, you know, emerge for this, you know, for, for kind of the end of, of his life, but not as, as Batman. And so you see those characters, you know, Joker and Batman are so, so connected that you knew when Joker died, that Batman was not going to survive this. And that's I, a really good I point. Yeah. In the back of your head, you're like, there's no, well, the Batman, Batman doesn't exist without the Joker. And having crossed this line, he doesn't walk away from this. Like, even if you don't no. think that consciously in the back of your mind, like, okay, this is, this is it. He's, go, he's gone I, off. He has, he has to have the Joker. Yeah. And I think yeah. that leads they, to, uh, this, the last part of the movie. And in that they didn't really flinch away from anything, uh, from the topless, uh, thief in the beginning, Nazi with the, not with the swastikas. Bruno, 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 that was awesome. To, to, <laughs> to Ronald Reagan being the president to any, you know, anything that they, they didn't shy away from any of it, which I, I was wondering what would happen. And, I was once once we got past the Joker, once we got past the Sons of Batman, and we got to where we knew, you know, this is it. This is going to be the the final battle between Superman and Batman. I was very tense, and I thought the confrontation was great. I thought the inclusion of Oliver Queen was great. You know, was great. How much do you love old grizzled Oliver Queen? He's fantastic. One arm, one arm, Dolly. He's he's only he's got just a little bit of screen time, but he steals every second of it. Yeah. and you know, I, they 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 expanded it a bit from the book. It was a bit more of a freewheeling fight. It you know, it went beyond the alley, but uh, you know, it's brutal and it's hard to watch those two guys go at it from all with all the baggage you've got as a comic reader. But um, did you, I thought did it was kind of like, well. Did you feel like like Clark's compassion for uh, for Bruce did it, did it show through enough in the in the movie? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like it for me. His, exp- there, his expression that. in it and and just in Mark Valley's performance, um, yeah. I felt like there was more um, compassion in, in this than in the book, at least from my, from. Well, there's, there's that one and we talk about, you know, particular particular scenes and, and, and frames from the book. And there is that that one frame in the in the fight where where Clark has this just absolutely um, anguished look on his right. face middle of the fight and he says bruce your heart yeah yeah it's it and that is just one of those moments that you know i don't i don't know if you can translate that to to the animated and and i felt i felt like you know there was obviously respect i don't know if the if the utter compassion Mm -hmm. uh was there i think i think i think the voice does a lot to to show that that, like because when it kind of when i read the book I like Superman has this like Dudley do right quality to me um, for parts of it. And part of that is the posh. Part of that is the scene, you know, with the, with the shirt open down to his belly button, you know, <laughs> yeah, he needs uh, to button up. Yeah, catching, yeah. catching the Eagle, which, yeah, which yeah. it feels, it kind of feels a bit dated in the uh, it's, it's one of the scenes in here that feels dated and not just of the period. Um, just the swoop of the hair and the, the, the shirt open. I was like, this looks ridiculous. Maybe, Maybe we didn't have to convey this exactly the way that the comic book did, you know. Like it's it's a little bit, no, man. <laughs> a little bit broad. Man, once you go in, 
you got to go all the way yeah. in, Paul. It's okay. the, if you're gonna if you're gonna have you know crazy caricatured Reagan, yeah, you got it. You got to have the the unbuttoned shirt and the you know the whole Boy Scout thing. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna do it, you got to go all the way on it. I think that's I think just my opinion. that's true, and I think. Um... It was one of the really, I was, you know, it's one of the really commendable things with the film is they go all in. And, and I thought one of the things that really shown through in the movie, and I don't know if I just because I've read the book so many times, it's become sort of wrote in my head. But the, the, the general disdain that Frank Miller had for just everyone in the world at that time <laughs> really shown, shows through. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we all know what he's done lately and his, his political leanings and his essays, but he doesn't like anyone. The right gets it. The left gets it. Everyone gets it in this story. Well, it's, think, it's about authority, right? It's it's well, not it's not just certain factions of authority. It's it's anyone who has a certain influence and then abuses that. It's, it's so that's sort the of media. That. It's also, so that's, he, he was living in he was living in New York City in 1984, five, six, and it was an awful place to live at that time. And that sort of that that translates through this book entirely. You know, it, 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 the, the awfulness of Gotham was the awfulness of New York in the 80s. And the sort of limp liberalism and the fascism from the government on, on, one side, you know, on either side was, you know, was part of the city. And that shows through also. I just, he just. You, you, had, you had the 60s love childs who were now um, parents in their 40s. And you see his kind of contempt for them. You see the doctor, his, especially, yeah. if does a touchy yeah. Yeah. doctor who was really just out for himself. And, but you know, then you can you can look. Well, there there was his nascent uh, right wing's feelings coming out. But also, I mean, the government gets it pretty bad too in this. And it, oh Superman yeah, yeah. Is he, is not, he is not he's not kind to Reagan at all. And that's you know whenever you know, and I'm you know I'm old enough to remember when this came out. It was a huge deal when it came out. And, and Connor, you probably remember it as well. Um, but it at the time, you know, we viewed this. You know, I viewed it anyway from a little bit more of a left perspective because he makes so much fun of Reagan in this and really paints Reagan as this, um, you know, kind of you know, bumbling, you know, you know, country boy. And, uh, and you miss, you miss some of his commentary on the left and how kind of unrelenting he is. So his politics today are in this book. That's, you know, almost, oh, it's going to be 30 years old before we know it. Right. So I mean, it's all it's all in there. Everybody gets smacked around. And I I still laugh yep. hard when Reagan shows up in his radiation suit. Uh, yes. <laughs> although uh, Paul and I have talked about this offline, the I think the probably the weakest part of the movies is the use of the media. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's as effective as it is in the book because in the books it's so unrelenting. The media is constantly there, uh, yep. and I think that's also something he he had distaste it's, for. It's something that gets lost what? in the translation a little bit, and it's it's weird. It's it's so hard when I was writing the review. I I, I talk about this and and. It's so hard to put into words, but like I can see it in my head the way that it would work, but it's it's very hard to to describe how you do that and what this is doing wrong. But the the timing is off on them, and just the level of intrusiveness. It's just it's a little bit too clean, a little bit too orderly, and you kind of just want it in your face and kind of just noisy. And yeah, and this isn't it's it's. Uh, you know, maybe like you, I don't know, maybe you want the, like the camera moving more. It's, but it's just like, it's, um, well, I mean, that, I mean, it's too in, sterile. In the book, I mean, 
in the book there were pages of 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 media interruption but for the most part that stuff is all intercut it's it's all a part of the larger story so you see what the media is saying about about stuff during the entire uh carnival you know circus scene and you know the when when batman is 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 pursuing joker there's there's a ton of media um clips being intercut through there and uh, i have to go back and watch the movie and see how they handled it but yeah it's um not nearly as effective but yeah, it's just it's like know, it just would... set off from everything else it's it's its own scene yeah. and it's not it's, it doesn't yeah. feel like a breaking news bullet and it just feels like um like a cutaway and, and what, it's, what and you it's, want and is it to just totally come at stuff. you and yeah yeah so. and that's why it works once again it works better as a comic than it does anywhere else but you know talking about you know the media and talking about you know like the mass shootings and and just a a lot of the stuff that is in here you know miller was kind of prophetic about a lot of stuff he saw the 24-hour news cycle coming and 19 1986 there was no 24-hour news cycle it's we didn't have cell phones right I mean, it didn't exist and you read this now and that's where this book holds up amazingly because he was writing about a a, a future it, and it's i mean the future is now it's really really scary to see his his view of the media because it's it's spot on i imagine when this when this came out it felt more like science fiction than it does today you know what i mean sure. like yeah. Like it, like or or speculative fiction might be the well. Yes word. and no. I mean, like I said, it, it, this is very much New York in 1986. It very yeah. much is. I mean, just cr- rampant crime. The government unable to do anything about it. Uh, you know, the, there's the whole Bernie Getz illusion in the, in the book. I mean, there's there is. I mean, I, I think one of the one of the things that Paul, being slightly younger than, than Chris and I, is that people who weren't old enough to maybe necessarily know what was going on and or even lived in New York at the time wouldn't re- recognize how much this was his. His whole spiel on on New York City in in, in the nineteen eighties. This was this was very real, and I mean, there's fantastical elements to it, but you know, there's not much in here that's that was too crazy in nineteen eighty six. You know, the fear of nuclear war was certainly there. You know, mm-hmm. um, beyond Superman, there really wasn't much too crazy. Maybe maybe. The well, tank, I, I just but, I just meant like yeah, the, the media. You know, the, I meant the, the media mutants. thing. Yeah. That the uh, media would be his most his most forward thinking idea in it. But yeah, that, that, that's that's really what I, that's really what I mean. Just the the way that and that, that's so and that's it seems it sounds like a small thing, but that's it's such a big part of the tone of this book is that ever encroaching oh, yeah. media influence and pressure. I, I think I think it is. I think it is the. Uh, the the through story it is I, I the more i look at this book the more i see it as as miller's commentary on on media and and how we you know how we perceive our you know our heroes and how much that is dictated by by what is fed to us and and you see that you know throughout the throughout the book the the change in opinions and um and and his uh, his disdain for for the media his disdain for authority so and on the other hand to get back to the joy of it i there's no batman story that gets me more pumped uh, about batman than this one and when I finished reading it, I think I pulled out three or four Batman comics and read them because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And it makes me love the character so much that I just wanted to I didn't want to leave that world after reading it. I wanted to stay in it as any way I could, even as I really felt, you know, when you get to the end of that movie and, you know, Alfred, one of the great things that they added to the movie that I loved 
was Alfred going through the house before he blew it up. Yeah. Like when he looked through the the the, the photo album and then he dropped it and he made sure to put it back up even though he was in the middle of having a stroke. You know, made sure to put it back up and wipe the dust off it. I thought it was a great character touch. And right, then, before he, right before he blew up the house. But as it's, anyway, as it's all happening, I'm thinking, no. no. <laughs> now, you really you just get caught up in the love of these characters. And, and I love that it's an ending story. And you, don't, you, know, you never get that with superheroes. And it's, and it's the end of Batman. And uh, it, it makes the thing feel all the more mytho- mythological because, you know, these superheroes and characters never, never end their story. Mm. Uh, this, but this was a great w- way to end it. And I just... Oh, I just, I was so happy when, taken as a whole, I just, I think it was a really successful, and there were th- things I didn't love about it, things I did love about it, but as a whole, I think it was a really successful adaptation, the two-parter. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will watch it again, I'm, I'm gonna uh, watch it together. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. The, 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 the two, and, and, and see how, uh, see how it goes, and uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was successful, it's, you know, once again, it, it's like, Whenever they made the Watchmen movie, it's you knew that ultimately they there's there's just no way there's no way a that they're going to make everyone happy and, and b there's just it's going to be really hard to to do it and do it right. But yeah, I, I I think that they I think that they were ultimately probably a little bit more successful with this than the Watchmen movie, which is saying something. Yeah, I just I just like this whole gift of the Magi thing that happened with me and Chris, where we just we seesawed on liking it and not liking it <laughs> and then I, I thought that i would have i would be commiserating you know with with chris on on this episode and um not that i want not that i want to hate on it, and not that i hate it not that i, I even dislike it it's just i uh, you know but uh well i talked about why it's a 3.5 now did you guys watch the i'm looking for my notes here did you guys watch the um the thing for the next film the little featurette for superman unbound was no. it on there? I didn't see it. On yeah, there. it was. It was hard to find, but oh. it's on there. Okay, because um, I was disappointed. I was like, I really want to see. Oh that. no, it's definitely on there. Okay, I made a note because now the, the thing people need to understand about these featurettes is that they these are PR company driven. Like this is totally an uh, advertisement. Nothing in here is said without purpose. Nothing, nothing is let slip. I mean, this right. is very controlled by the by the studio. The, one of the very first lines in the featurette is the director of the film saying that the DC movies are going to start going more to the left of the source material, you know, starting with this film, which made my eyebrows go, hmm? Um, so I wonder if they're going to start... Uh, to, and they, the way they talk about this one, it's, it's an adaptation of Superman Brainiac, the Jeff Johns, Gary Frank story about Brainiac coming to, uh, oh, yeah. okay. to Earth. But I wonder if now they're going to sort of take the core concept and just sort of run with it from there, which is what they've kind of done before, but they really well, made that's... a point of... They made a point of saying that in the featurette. That's good news, um, if you ask me. I think sometimes it feels like they're a bit um, restricted by trying to be faithful to things. Mm-hmm. And they've been very faithful for good and for ill with the last couple, with mm-hmm. with this one, with Year One, um, and uh, All-Star Superman. Yep. You know, they're, they're, like Dwayne McDuffie made some very, some very smart choices. That's It's not a totally successful adaptation um, by any means, but he, I think he made some very smart choices that made it not a train wreck um, by choosing to excise certain things and, and emphasize other things. Um, so I, I think by saying, let's make this a really good movie and not just, you know, a, a clone of what has been done in another medium, because you're never going to succeed with, mm-hmm. you know, that that other line of thinking. So 
So that's yeah. the, that's yeah. usually what they're the way they're going. This guy Bob Goodman who wrote this uh, two-parter, he seems to be the new writer. He's writing that one too, which made me feel the loss of Dwayne McDuffie even more uh, when I realized yeah. he was sort of the guy, the go-to yeah. guy before, and now he's not. And I think his movies were better. Uh, you know, his, I think if taken on the whole, probably his movies for this series have been the best, best ones. But yeah, he understood, um, he understood how to how to make the the transition from uh, from comic to to screen, probably because he was a very 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 good comic book writer and understood what did and a good very very good anim- animation writer too. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely, he was very yeah he was very good at both. But uh, you know, I think uh, sometimes whenever you bring in a very good animation writer who's not also a comic book writer, right? Uh, it, it's it's a matter of knowing what works on the page and what doesn't uh, translate necessarily as well. But uh, no, ultimately, ultimately, I think this was this was a success. Um, I uh, my biggest my biggest beef is that you know once again I thought the voice acting by Peter Weller was um, beyond terrible. I think I think. I noticed it more this time than the first time. Uh, I think he's very good in the mid range, like when he's just being, a, when he doesn't have to go too low. When he doesn't have to inflict any emotion <laughs> into it. Yes. Which is kind of what Batman is for most of the film, though. Which I think it works for most of it. I think when he has to emote, then that's the problem. The problem yeah, coming. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. when he's just talking, I'll go with that. Uh, I, I just love the quality of his voice for this character. I love that. Yeah, I just, I just, I, he, he never. It's like there's a restrictor plate, and he never gets excited. And that also, character if, if in the take, book gets excited. If you take it as a book into Batman Year One, that was the same problem with the guy who played Batman. Yeah. So in that case, maybe this Bruce Wayne just has no emotions. <laughs> I think they should just they should do one of their features, and and Brian Cranston should voice everybody. <laughs> I can I can get behind that, Paul. So Superman Unbound comes out sometime. This year, I think it's summertime set release. Uh, that's the Superman Brainiac story, and maybe one of I have to, I have to wait till the summertime to talk. I to don't you know. Guys. They didn't. It they might didn't, be. I think it might be spring. Actually, they didn't say the date on it. Uh, and the rumor after that is Flashpoint, but we'll see if that's actually true or not. I'm pretty sure that yeah. is true. Yeah. I've seen a lot of reporting on that. I think that I think that's going to be like the fall release is Flashpoint, and then um, after that, all the new movies will be new Fifty Two movies. I am. That'd be really funny. I am very not looking forward to Flashpoint <laughs> because I didn't even like it as a comic. So yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know what? What do you think? Well, they'll do a Batman one after this. Um, what do you think they'll do next? I don't know. The next Batman one. Arkham Asylum. <laughs> nah, I don't think uh, they're going to do that, but no, that would be kind of fun. What was um, the uh, What was the big uh, the big crossover event? I've got it. Um, um, uh, no Man's Land. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the last movie. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, what? Dark Knight Rises, yeah, the, the live-action movie. Um, I don't hmm. know. I mean, according to this, Superman and the Justice League movie, and then I guess Batman after that. About like a, yeah, about like a long Halloween, that seems like. Long Halloween would be good. I can see the movie except, the, except, the Joker's The Death of the Family story if they go if they go to the New 52. Yeah. Uh, the long Halloween, that, the, it's beautiful. Um, the story is a freaking train wreck. Oh, yeah, I don't like it either. Go back. Read it. Read it. It's, I don't it's like it. I'm just saying that's it's one of those, you know, tentpole kind of. Look, I've got wish lists. I've, I'd love they did Batman and Robin, the, you know, the, the Morrison quietly, st- you know, little first three issues. I'd love they did that. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know what mine is, right? Whenever whenever this question comes up, it's, it's Batgirl year one. They're not going to do it. They've already I, said it. It would be so much fun. Uh-huh. 
I, I'm not That's disagreeing good. that it would be, but they're, they've already said they're. They is that Marcos Martin? Yes. Was that yes. Martin that did that? Yes. Yeah. He did those. He did those. He did Robin also. He did and that, anyway, that's, that's coming out as a uh, uh, a new paperback. They're putting both of them in one collection. Oh, really? Robin Year One really? and Batgirl Year One, yeah, because it's been out, well, out of got, print forever. I've got the Batgirl I, I, I Year One. Love. I have the Robin Year One. It's great. It's also Marcus March, yeah, great. Javier, Javier Peludo, and Chuck Dixon. Anyway, so that was Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. <laughs> We will be back for uh, Superman Unbound. Uh, you can go read Paul's review of the movie, which was very well written on ifanboy.com, and you can go and talk about what you thought of the movie there under this, under this show or under anything we, we write. You can go and listen to Paul's. Uh, Paul's our new iFanboy editor, so you can hear him every week on iFanboy's Pick the League podcast with me and Josh. Congratulations, Lamb. Paul. Thank and, you. Uh, Neil. Never... <laughs> Neil before Paul. me. Um, <laughs> And you can hear Chris every week at 11 o'clock comics. So until next time, 